Hello and welcome to My Xbox and Me, episode 169. Hey, we did it. I am one of your hosts, MC Fixer, alongside the one and only Gatorade's Get Hype Moments. Snowbite Mike, how are you? Good morning, everybody. It's great to see you all. A lot of Xbox fun to talk about. I'm feeling good. I'm looking good. Was you I waving survived. at the queen there? Snowpocalypse. <laughs> like... Exactly. <laughs> Practicing my princess and queen wave, you know, just want to let people know. Let the people know I'm here. Fair enough, fair enough. Mike, we got to kick things off with this one, because I'm getting way too many DMs, and I'm going to have to put sign out there. You are the official new host of my Xbox and me. I thought this was, like, an obvious one. I thought that we'd been through this. I thought that this was something that was, like, pretty, pretty obvious. Not that Amy's not gone again, just scheduling. Her work doesn't take place. She's always working Mondays when we record. I know today's Tuesday, but... What, like, I'm getting people like, oh, I didn't know Mike was on your show. I'm like, what? What do you mean you didn't know Mike was on my show? I had someone DM me from, like, your people, obviously. They was like, oh, yeah, what's, listen to this episode. Mike was on it. So I was like, Mike's on every episode. He's like, he is? Oh, I was like, oh, my God, we've done a poor job. We've done a poor job off the bat. Well, you know, you put me in this testing phase. Yeah. I don't think people really know. He Fix looked at me and said, you know what? If you want to be part of the My Xbox and Me family, you know, to join me and Amy, you got to wake up at 4 a.m. I did not say this. Monday. No, I didn't. You have to record with me no, by 5 a.m. That's not what I said. And if you don't think you can no. do this rigorous task, <laughs> then you can't be part of the team. And I said, Fix, oh, my God, I don't know if I can do it. Here we are like seven weeks later. I'm tired. I'm abused. But I'm so happy. <laughs> The bleed green with the My Xbox and Me family. So, yes, if you didn't know, I'm happy to join Fix and Amy any chance I get. And I love talking Xbox, and I know we have a lot of awesome content coming out for you guys in 2019 from our little group You're here. such a liar. You're such a liar. That was not how it went at all. I'm st we still need to find a better time on Mondays to not make you wake up at that time, but we still haven't figured that out. We'll figure it out, though. We will. Um, for those who don't know, uh, My Xbox and Me is our weekly Xbox show. We have not missed a week in 169 episodes. Been doing this for over three years, I swear. Oh, my God. I'm an old, rigorous... I'm the old veteran around here, I feel like, sometimes. That's what I feel like. Uh, if you want to get the show early, head over to patreon.com slash mcfixer. That's what keeps the lights on. That is what keeps us going. So thank you very much to anyone that supports over there. Uh, also, go subscribe to the YouTube channels, youtube.com slash mcfixer, youtube.com slash snowbyamike, and youtube.com slash myxboxandme. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and of course, Spotify. We come out every Friday on those platforms. And the big one, this week, Mike, this week. So if you're listening to this today, uh, or the day it comes out, on Friday when it comes out for you guys, non-Patreon supporters, tomorrow, tomorrow, we are doing Community Game Night. 8 p.m. till 12, we are playing Halo 5. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so they're going to happen on the last uh, Saturday of each month. So book them in. Uh, yeah, we'll be playing Halo 5 with the community. So Xbox party chat so no one can be like, oh, you're in Discord, I can't talk. No. If you've got an Echo in mic, don't worry, I'll mute you. Uh, you can still talk to the others, but I'll mute you because, oh my God, I can't stand Echo in mics. Uh, other than that, though, yeah, that's that's a, that's about it. Should we start with what's been in our box, Mike? What have you been playing? I'm ready to go. Uh, you know, what's been in my box? Been playing a lot of Halo 5 competitively, and, you know, nothing gets me hotter. Nothing gets me up out of my seat than some fast, some furious Halo 5 Guardians Arena. Shout out to Dan Oni, one of the big fans out here. He has carried me to victory 
many of times now. <laughs> um, what else have I been playing? We had a great Rocket League tournament on Sunday. I was very cool show out. It's one of those of you know we all we love Rocket League. You've yep. probably seen the RLCS with the pro players, but it's different when you have all of your friends and you're playing the normal kind of noobish Rocket League for beginners. Yeah. But we had a pro team show up, so there was three guys that were season eight grand champions they participated and it's one thing to watch these pros in the rlcs with the big production yeah it's another thing to feel these pros just dominate yeah. beginner players like us and oh my gosh was that an awesome night it's a great turnout 12 teams of three so we had a lot of people participating a lot of people watching and it was a lot of fun of course the pros did wreck shop and kind of run over everybody but i think as a whole the community had a good time and finally, I got to play the Resident Evil 2 one-shot demo. That 30 minutes went by way too quick. Wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's go back a second. I was meant to play in a Rocket League tournament. I was almost going to play. Almost. Say what? Yeah, me and Danoni um, were going to put a team together. We couldn't get a third. And then it was like 3 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, exactly. do, do I really want to stay up until 3 o'clock in the morning again after I just <laughs> stayed up until 5 o'clock in the morning? I was like, mm, not really. And then, But I was awake. I Because my stream didn't end until two i think in the morning and dan was like oh you're gonna play well like, it's only an hour away i'm like nah bro i'm going to bed i can't i love mike but no way no way i'm out of here i'm out of that here. hour-long cool down oh, is dude. too long for him it would have killed me you know it killed dan me. has done a great job the past two weeks of participating in the tournament you know he won my halo 5 tournament yeah. and then this week he did participate in rocket league i don't know where dan was but I think Dan might have played the pros. So I think Dan quickly got, got bounced out of it. But you know what? He competed and he had some fun. That's all that matters. Yeah, man. It's, a, it's great. I love the fact what you're doing over there. It seems like everyone really enjoys it and everyone comes together. They get their own little team to see it on Twitter. Like, hey, you want to be part of my team? What's going on? I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, it's a great time. Uh, and then so back to Resident yeah, Evil please. 2. That was a lot of fun. I mean, I thought... You could feel the 30 minutes. We had a discussion about a week or two ago yeah. about people completing it fixed. And I was in that, you know, majority that didn't finish it. Yeah. You and I talked about it. That 30 minutes went by super quick. I was exploring. I was checking nooks and crannies. I have a bad shot. I have a lot of zombies coming at me. And I am just shooting over their shoulders. I'm shooting them in the leg. I don't know how much I'm going to survive in this video game. But gosh darn it. It's beautiful, and it's such a different vibe from Biohazard. You know, Biohazard was kind of that intimate feel in the house with you and that family. Now this one, it's like there's zombies coming out of windows. I'm boarding up a window. I'm opening up a door. There's a dead guy there. There's more zombies over here. It's a great feel to have more of that, you know, zombie apocalypse happening as opposed to you and the crazy family members. Dude, I can't wait. Like, literally, if I if we had got code, if I got the code, I'm, I'm waiting for a code to come through, which we'll see if I get it or not, who knows. Um, but if I had got my code already, pff, this podcast might not even happen this week. Like, seriously, <laughs> I'm just sat here like, I'm like... <sighs> I'm kind of depressed. I'm kind of like, I just want the game that um, I, I know people who are working in retail stores that have the game in their stores, but obviously they can't sell them yet. And I'm just like, dude, do you want to just slip me a copy? He's like, I can get sacked for that. I'm like, I don't care if you get sacked. I want this game now. Like, it's just he too much. It's fix. too much. It's too well, much. Before we let you talk, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. where did you end up with your Resident Evil Marathon? Remember at the beginning of yeah. the month, you talked about playing through all the Resident Evils. You mm -hmm. know, I got to watch you play Resident Evil 1 or 2, yep. not maybe 2, but one of the first couple yeah. I remember. 
Uh, where did you guys end off with that? So we did zero, one, two, three, three, co- f- half of Koveronica. Then we, me and Chris finished uh, five off because we had oh, already hated five. yeah five sucks. But and look, once after playing Resident Evil two, uh, the demo, um, the new remake demo, sorry, I should say, um, five feels even worse. Like five is just mm. five is terrible. But it's one of those games that. It's fun enough that I've got the infinite ammo, so I'm just running around with my magnum, just one shot and everything. Crash is like, why am I even here? I'm like, yeah, you just stand there. I need you to help me do this part. And yeah, it's it's not a great game, Five. But yeah, one, two, zero, one, two, three, um, and Cover on the car. We didn't quite get to four, and Haley's still never seen four. But like, there's a running joke in my Twitch channel um, because everyone's like, you hate four, you hate four. Why do you hate four? It's like, it's not that I hate four. I just don't think four is as great a Resident Evil game as everybody says it is. I put up a thing on Twitter the other day of um, a little meme, which is like, it was a picture of Resident Evil 4. And it's like, I like this. Uh, no, I, I, this is great. And then it's like, but I love this. And it's a picture of Resident Evil 2. I'm like, that's just that's just how I feel. Like, I get it. I get why people love Resident Evil 4. It changed the game. It changed the way we play games. But from a survival horror guy like me and a Resident Evil fan, 2 is better than 4. That's all I'm saying. Don't at me and don't email in about it because I'm not listening. <laughs> uh, what else have I played? More Fortnite, which is boring, obviously. Uh, marbles on the stream. I guess we could talk about that. It's not really an Xbox game, but Jesus Christ, I probably played more than more of that than I have Fortnite lately. Um, and then uh, that's about it. I think that's about it this week. Again, I'm just waiting for Resident Evil. I'm waiting for Anthem. I'm waiting for Kingdom Hearts. I'm waiting for all these new games, Mike. And I'm sort of in my little rut right now. I'm just like, hm, oh. just give me my games. I just want them now. Mm. I'm, I'm a big so baby. <laughs> we got, you know, a good topic of the show coming up yeah, with a game man. that I'm excited for. And, you know, there's a lot of games coming right around the horizon. We're kind of buying our time until we get to that. So, yeah. you know, having a week or two where you can go into your backlog or just kind of, you know, play those feel-good games is totally good. <laughs> and it's needed sometimes. You get into these high-release windows where you're playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey into Red Dead, into something else, and yeah. you just don't have time to savor those. These are the windows that you need to enjoy and just kind of chill and relax with. Yeah, I think you said it right there, to be honest with you, which is the um, <laughs> play your backlogs. I'm like, Celeste sitting there, I'm like, nah. Nah, I'm not playing you. I don't care how good you are. Nah, I'll get around to it when I do. Nah. And then, like, there's other games that I've got. Even, like, smaller titles of indie devs that have messaged me, like, emailed me their codes and stuff like that. And I'm like, nah, I don't want it. I want Resident Evil. I'm not playing nothing until then. And then I go on stream, I'm like, Fortnite. Just sitting there, going through my quests, logs, and all that stuff. My dailies and stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. But you're right, it's that... I'm sure for people that haven't finished Red Dead, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, amongst other games, this is perfect. This is like, all right, I can drive through until we get to these big games that are coming up. But yeah, you spoke about topic of the show, so let's jump into it. Uh, IGN did this amazing article uh, where they broke down a bunch of stuff that um, we didn't know about uh, Division 2. Or we did know, but they broke it into a good article. So I've taken that, I've boiled it down. Definitely go check out IGN's review. This is not it in its full. It's a full one by Daniel Kruber. I know he's left now. Um, but it's a great, great, great piece. So you should definitely go check it out if you want to hear literally or read everything. Uh, but here is everything we know so far about division two before we jump into this mike and we're gonna break it up into bits how hyped are you for division two you are our hype man right now so i am hyped i'm about a solid eight 
to 8.5 on the hype scale. I'm oh. very excited to jump back in into this postmodern apocalyptic world with my friends. You know, the best part about Division was getting with three other friends, making a squad of four, exploring New York, getting new weapons, feeling that grind, feeling that upgrade. But we talked about it before. The end game totally soured a lot of people's opinion about this game because there just wasn't enough to yeah. do. In this article, I'm excited about what we're going to hear, yeah. but we're going to talk about it. I might have some differing opinions now with my hype level. We'll find out shortly. Yeah, man. So let's jump in with it, which is uh, I've just sort of boiled it down to bullet points into certain parts, uh, which is the first one, which super intrigues me, which is there are now three distinctive dark zones located in opposite areas of the map. The east, you'll find the Union Station. The south, you'll find the Fisherman Wolf. And in the west, you'll find the George Georgetown. To make it more inviting for larger sets of players, the dark zone will now implement normal uh, normalization. Sim uh, normalization, simple to put. While the gear you acquired will still uh, confer some advantages, most of the base stats are squished into a way that will level competitions. This will make the dark zone seem uh, less for uh, forbidden for those who venture into it less frequently. Which, that's huge, off the bat. Like, the Dark Zone was pretty much a grind to whoever has the best loot, and they're going to win the battle. They're, they're doing the most DPS in the, in the most least amount of time, and you were pretty much getting melted. That was pretty much what happened in the Dark Zone. It was great when you was on the side of when you was melting people, but when you were on the side of getting melted, it was kind of not fun. So I love the fact that they've already addressed three different parts of the Dark Zone, which I would assume, as we're going to get in deeper, um, will each have their own uh, feel and each have their own benefits and obviously not benefits. Um, and hopefully like the higher-end players will want to stay in a certain zone which will allow certain other players to still enjoy the PvP element of Dark Zone or working as a team, etc., etc. So that's really interesting to me. Um, is that something that annoyed you in the first game at all? You know, I think back on my Dark Zone experience, and I actually, I felt like I never got that many gunfights with other players. You know, that was kind of like the give and take, the cat and mouse game of like, we would see other players and either we'd have that rare occasion where they would actually engage us, or we'd just keep moving. And it felt more of like a PvP area to me. That's what my question is, is like, how do we elevate the Dark Zone for players that are like me who felt Maybe I'm not going to be the aggressor. Yeah. Not many people are aggressing me. And it's more like me taking on higher level enemies that maybe burn right through me. Yeah. Or it's a small pack <laughs> of three. I burn through them and I just keep running. There's, there's a moment here in the dark zone that I'm looking for to elevate for me. I don't know what that is. If it's actual structured missions. If it is more of like your goal is to actually shoot other players. Don't be, you know, the person that's afraid to be timid. Go be the aggressor. There was just something there for me that the Dark Zone didn't click. It just felt like, hey, I go into this area. It's super high-level NPCs, and that's about it. That Nothing nothing special for me. Go so ahead. this, I'm a little lukewarm on this. I like the three different zones. I think, like you said, maybe it will be more of like a level 1 to 20, 20 to 40, and then 60 to 80, whatever you want to call yeah, those numbers yeah. for those different zones. And maybe I can have some fun down there. I don't know. 
this doesn't sell me quite well, yet on the Dark Zone game. Let me, let me keep trying to sell it to you, I guess. I'll be the salesman, you be the, the, the buy-y. I don't know what I was trying to go for there. I'm sorry. I can't think on my feet right now. However, this doesn't mean the Dark Zone is getting deluded. Uh, the intense, aggressive PvP experience is still there, but now... Uh, sorry, now known as an occupied dark zone every week well that's the cadence massive is currently testing one of three dark zones will be taken over uh, becoming occupied in the dark zone normalization is turned off and friendly fire is on the occupied dark zone is designed to cater to the more hardcore players and promise the highest rewards so i love that already so if it's once a week or maybe it'll be two times a week once i get it balanced out we'll figure that out um one of the dark zones will be like, all right, friendly fires on, which that's huge on its own. Don't get me wrong, um, but friendly fires on. It's gonna get that much harder, but the gear is gonna be that much sweeter. It then will drive the the harder the end game players, uh, such as myself, somewhere to go and grind out loot. And if it's especially if it's set times and stuff like that, it's like crap. We've got to be on all day Friday because we've got to grind out this loot, or as soon as we get home from work or whatever it may be. That already to me sounds super promising. How does that make you feel? See, now that's cranking back up the level of, you know, interest right there. That's giving me a set mission, more of a set game plan going into the Dark Zone. And that's what I want to hear. That's one of those things of like, okay, here's the standards. Here's what we need to go do. That makes me want to go do it as instead of the old Dark Zone where it's like, just run in circles. Maybe you see another player. Yeah. Maybe we see that high let it or high leveled commando that we have to kill. This gives us something more of like, hey, this is what you need to do. And that's what we talk about with some of those video games. Like below, I spoke about a couple of weeks ago of like, I need you to hold my hand just a little bit. Yeah. Don't just give me a zone and say, run free, good luck. Tell me what you want me to do or give us a little bit of a guideline so we can follow that and get more out of it. So I like that. That's selling me a little more. Cool. Well, let's talk about uh, wasting time in the dark zone, which is something that I think a majority of players hated about the dark zone. It was something that people would swoop in. But let me read this. Uh, creative director Julian Getright, Gratley, Gratley, I think that's how he's pronounced. I might be wrong. I apologize if I've ruined your name there, Julian. And uh, quote, another thing, uh, sorry, another thing is that we found the amount of time you spend in the dark zone wasn't necessarily seen as rewarding. Gratley uh, said, uh, reveals, quote, yes, there were great there was great loot to be found you but you had to extract it and that came with a certain amount of risk so what he's referring to here is when you were in the dark zone every single piece of loot that you found had to be extracted um something i know because i've watched the trailer already um what they've done is they've made some loot you can just pick up and take away so you can automatically equip it you can automatically just walk out with it but some of it's contaminate contaminated the loot so that's the pieces that you then have to extract so it has both there now so if you have earned something in the dark zone um, maybe it's contaminated maybe it's not you would assume the higher pieces of gear would be contaminated not all of them but to balance it out perfectly um, and then you have the risk reward system the cat and mouse that's what we loved it was cool to be able to take down a team and extract their loot and it was like oh that does suck if you've been trying to grind that out for the last three hours but it's one of those things that's what the risk reward this sounds like they've sort of balanced it a lot lot better with people like me coming through trying to bully you doesn't necessarily mean all of your time's been wasted which is dope does that, I mean, does that's that, the main yeah. goal for me right there. Like I just explained all before, it always felt like 
this is a lot of time. This is a time suck to either not get any loot because you were just killed for it, to get minimal loot because there wasn't that much going on. So this is what I'm looking for. Make my time worth it to go into areas like this where it's going to divert me from that main you know, storyline, might divert me from doing dungeons or raids with my friends. This is what's needed to make me want to go over here and spend time. So yeah, that's going to be a big selling point to me. And I'm sure a lot of other casual fans are like me that, you know, maybe aren't hitting that hardcore level or maybe don't want to just constantly get abused by kids that are really good at the game. Make it worth our time. Make it worth the risk to jump in there. Make us feel rewarded for that. That's going to be a big one for them to keep these zones alive. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree with you. It's once you forget the meta, um, it's hard to jump back into these games usually. Hopefully, this will help that. Uh, Julian then goes on to say in a quote, uh, the stabilize uh, this that stabilizes the experience, which is what I was saying previously. That stabilizes the experience. Not everything is risk-reward. So your time is always going to be rewarded within the dark zone, end quote, which is obviously amazing. And the next one we go on to, which is helping people play together. Uh, it's, preferred to play, uh, it's preferred to play the Division 2 with a full squad of four. To make that easier, the sequel is introducing simple, uh, t simplified clan system, which I, I'm interjecting here, I can't wait for, that intends to connect people and also incentivize com com sorry, cooperative play. Buddying up with people interested in uh, mainland and the story will be easy, as we'll be finding those who want to raid the occupied dark zone on a weekly base you see a common objective and some common rewards you can move toward uh, towards together um julian going on to say again they've built upon and built upon and built upon as long as it all works so far i am i can't wait like a clan system is something that I think most of these type of games should have um something that you and your clan are building towards um and it does make it easier like oh Tommy 225's on. We need a fourth. Tommy, you want to join in? Boom, invite. He jumps in. Boom, we go. I can't. Again, that just makes things easier. Um, and you do find that sometimes you haven't got enough people for a raid. If you've got a clan and you've got a ton of people in there already, sometimes you don't see them pop up online. If you're someone like me, I've got my notifications off. Because I get if I'm online, I get absolutely smashed with them because people like to be trolls. Um to see this go into my system, oh crap, Snowbike Mike's home early from work and he's on Division 2, let's get him in boy, let's go, it's not as, it's not as rigged and um, jarring as it was beforehand. Yeah, definitely fix. This is one of those in an MMO type game is what I'll call this. You want to have the clan system because it expands your friends list exponentially. I'm not friends with every single person Fix knows. Right. Fix creates the My Xbox and Me clan. Now I see everybody that Fix is invited or, you know, your own subset of friends. This is exactly what you need. When I go in and X, Y, and Z are still at work and I'm all by myself, I'm not going into the dark zone. We know yeah. that. I'm going to have trouble doing the raid and or dungeons. I'm going to have a little bit of trouble doing the higher level story in the mines. So, yes, expand my friends list. Make it also... I want to see rewards for my clan. Yeah. You know, it, this can't just be an expanded friends list. There has to be something making it a value to join a clan, whether it be clan rewards. Your clan does a thousand storyline missions. You guys get some set piece XP, of gear. XP, piece like. of gear, whatever They've it is. They've done this before with different games. They need yeah. to implement it into this to make it feel like, hey, our clan is working towards something. It's worth joining a clan. That's about to say Because that. sometimes if you don't make it worth it, then why would I do it? I have my own set of friends. 
We don't need to worry about who fixes friends are. That doesn't matter to me. So yeah, sell it to me. Give me. I'm heartbroken. How dare you? <laughs> it's all right, guys. He don't like us. He's proven it. He's proven it. It's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, you've got to give people a reason to even want to be part of a clan. That's something that is hard for everyone, but it's something we got to do. We definitely have to do that. Next up, classic PvP modes, which I'm actually super excited for. Uh, finally, the last thing. I got to see, or oh, this is IGN, got to see uh, the division. I didn't get invited to the event, Snowbound Mike. I'm not going to lie, I reached out. Yeah. I didn't get invited. I don't know what happened. Me and Ubisoft were usually good. New PR people are in. I need to get out there smoothing a bit more again, I'm guessing. Well, I'm not you happy. Know, let's start off with the good stuff. You reached out. That's step one. Always. You did it. And you got to remember, you got to go to the Metro, okay? Okay. So so, oh, okay. Metro. Is that what That's it is? Is that like... <laughs> okay, so I've been you to Metro, one. so now I'm not allowed to go. I got you. Uh, sorry. Finally, the last thing that IGN got to see, the Division 2 was uh, was its more traditional PvP mode. Skirmishes, essentially straight up deathmatch and domination uh, at three points of control mode. These modes take place on the entire, entirely separate maps. They still set... They're still set within Washington, but not contained just with the open world. These are closed arenas. I'm actually really hyped for that. Because this is something I actually loved about Destiny. Which was, you could play uh, a PvP mode and it's still upgrading your character. So maybe today I don't want to play... Uh, maybe today I don't want to run Dark Zone. Today I don't want to run Story. But what I do want to do, I want to run PvP. And I want to get good at Deathmatch. I want to get good at Domination. I want to get good at... Whatever it is they add in the future, capture the flag, whatever. I can't wait, and I'm so happy they've added this. Because as well, I'm hoping that this will, again, separate the player base a little bit more within the game itself. Which is like, the hardcore off the hardcore, if it's balanced right and the gear's right, like there's going to be a reason for them not to be in the dark zone. There's going to be a reason for them to be in PvP, if it's balanced correctly. This is the big one for me that gets me excited, that makes me more interested in their PvP mode of like having the dedicated one. I talked about kind of holding my hands, giving me the guidelines, give me something to follow. When you put in a team deathmatch, a headquarters, a capture the flag zone, whatever you want to call it, this is what helps me go out there and want to participate in PvP. When we're in the dark zone, it's just a giant map and fixing his friends are a thousand kilometers that way and me and my crew will maybe never see him this is what i want i want to drop into a world i can be solo clearly or we can go in as a squad and we know we're going to go play team deathmatch yeah. first to 50 wins let's get it let's see what happens yeah this is a great addition into this game and i'm all about it yeah man can't wait and last of all end game uh finally jim rightly jim um Game, I'm telling you, I can get that name. Damn it. Uh, what's the one thing he wanted to change or improve upon with uh, Division 2? Quote, The one thing that I knew about the first game at launch was we were undelivering on uh, what was the end game experience. Uh, he goes on to say, Okay, end game is going to be our focus. This is where we're going to deliver the best content. So everything in the game is structured to bring you to the end game experience. And then at end game experience, have the buffet of activities that speak to a bunch of different player types. This is what we've been wanting. This is what we've wanted from any loot based shooter. A game that tells us a great story and we're gearing up, gearing up, gearing up. And then we get to the end and there is a ton of options. And I feel like Division 2 is doing that with uh, 
the obviously the dark zone mode we've spoke about the uh, occupied dark zone with pvp with i'm guessing there's going to be single player harder missions like the same mission but you have to run it on a harder difficulty like they had in the previous games like there, there should be a lot here for Endgame from what we're expecting. And, and they did a great job of improving on it on the first game without the DLC, without the expansion. Nah, they've already come out and said that. So not going to split the player base about. This could be it. This could be what we've been waiting for, Mike. This is going to be the make or break for Division 2. And his quote there is pretty bland, pretty generic PR speak yep. because, of course, he's not going to dive and be like, we have guaranteed two raids. We got eight, ex, you know, super yeah. experienced dungeons. We have X, Y, and Z. He touched on it. They need to give you a buffet. They gave you PvP with Team Deathmatch. They're going to give you the occupied Dark Zones for those higher levels. But the true question will be is, what other endgame stuff is going to be in there? How many raids are we talking? How many high-level dungeons will keep us occupied? Now, I'm one of the guys who, you know, Having one raid in there is all well and good, but we all know that you are going to defeat that with your friends within the first month. Yes. The big hardcore audience will beat that in the first week. How many raids is enough to keep me satisfied until the next DLC window, which will most likely be three months from release? Two to three, four. yeah. Two to three months, I would so say. So the question becomes is, what do you really want to, you know, keep that appetite sufficed keep me engaged if you don't have me locked into this game within the first month and month and a half keeping me there then this player base will quickly leave you and we will not be back by dlc number one because we just won't know the meta we won't be into it anymore because yeah. it's going to be way too many other games so this is going to be a big battle for them especially with anthem competing for that mmo type player base space what are you going to bring to the table? And this is going to be make or break for Division. And I'm excited to see what they do. But how much content do they really have right off the bat? What's those DLCs look like? What's the schedule? You have a lot of other competition. This is going to be big. Yeah, man. I can't wait. Uh, everything that I've just read about Division 2 gets me excited, personally. I was already excited. I loved the first game. Um, I'm more of a third-person player, a gamer, and that's what this is. And... Um, I can't wait, dude. I cannot, 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 cannot wait. More about Division in a little bit, though. Let's talk about our Patreon producer this week, Mike. Your boy. Your one and only. The kid on the block. The new kid on the block. The guy that knows all. The guy that's keeping my lights on, literally. No, by Mike. I was about to say, you, Jesus. You're not a Patreon producer. I mean, you pretty, you pretty much are as well. But, Mike Lynch. Mike, thank you so much for being Patreon producer of this week's My Xbox and Me. Let's get into the news. December's hardware sales have come out through MPD. The Switch has sold 1.77 million units. In second place is the Xbox One at 920k. And in last is 797k. That's a, that's a very respectable amount in December, Mike, don't you think? That is huge numbers, Fix. For something that's nearing the end of its console generation cycle, that is a, a lot of units sold. I'm blown away. But I also think back of, like, man, those Black Friday deals into the December deals. Yep. Those were some great times to buy an Xbox, whether it be the X or the S. Like, there were some times where I was like, man, am I going to buy another X right now? Like, this is a great <laughs> price point where I might just buy a second one that I don't really need. And it clearly shows you with that sales, that was huge. And the price was just right. Of course, it's the holidays. There's new gamers coming yeah. into the fold. There's people who do want to upgrade. And uh, a great accomplishment here 
towards the end of the life cycle. I would put that as I, I'm pleased with that. Yeah, no, I just on just shy of a mil. Um, obviously, it was going to outsell the PlayStation would expect due to the fact that there is more PlayStation gamers already out there. Um, so that makes perfect sense. But yeah, s- still very healthy numbers. So congratulations to Xbox on that. Next one, The Vision 2. Ubisoft announced its private beta dates. Uh, Ubisoft has announced the private beta for Tom Clancy's Division 2 and it will begin early February. The beta will last from February 7th until February 10th and players can gain access by pre-ordering the game or by registering for a limited spaces through the Division's website. So, I'll be jumping on that. I cannot wait to grind that out and play a ton of it. Cannot wait. Next one is a sad piece of news for Star Wars fans. Mike, are you a Star Wars guy? I don't, I don't, you've not, uh, I'm really a big you. Star Wars oh, guy. We've talked okay. about this. Yeah, you, you were mad at me and Amy for it, but uh, huge oh, Star yeah, Wars fan. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're nerds. And I this remember. is uh, some heartbreaking news to me as we talk more about the bigger pictures, what this really is. Very sad news and uh, a little disappointing in what we're going to hear. Yeah, so EA has uh, responded to reports of an alleged Star Wars, alleged Star Wars game cancellation. Uh, for those who don't know the first story of this, um, it was rumoured uh, that uh, Kotaku put out that uh, Star Wars Vancouver's new game um, has been cancelled. This was uh, codenamed uh, Oracle, which we're going to get into all that in a second, but that was rumoured cancelled and EA responding to that. He have officially commented on the reports of an open-world Star Wars game that has been cancelled. In a statement provided to IGN, a representative for EA said, quote, The great work by our Vancouver team continues and will evolve into a future Star Wars game. EA's full statement reads like this, quote, There's been speculation overnight about our Star Wars projects. As nature, uh, as natural part of the creative process the great work by our team in vancouver continues and will evolve into a future star wars content and games we're fully committed to making star wars games we're very excited about star wars jedi fallen order uh, from respawn and we'll share more about our new projects when the time is right how's that make you feel mike so I think the statement is a little bit different from how I felt last week hearing about the cancellation. I think this is more of saying, hey, the game that they were working on just wasn't fitting what we wanted. Maybe it wasn't right, and we're going to head in a different direction. These guys are far from stopping a Star Wars game. We have the, you know, we have the uh, intellectual property for this. We're going to continue going on with these games, but what they were doing just wasn't going to fit what we wanted. And clearly they're going to hit the brakes. They'll probably realign, help out with either response gamers, any other star Wars game that's in production, and then try to get back on the path of what they now want to accomplish. It's sad to hear because I believe this was the team that had Emmy Henning at the, uh, at the helm. Well, no, Amy, yeah, she was already gone. So exactly. this was, so she yeah. left, then they were kind of in disarray. And I think this is what you're seeing from yeah. that is now, we had the director. We had the creative idea. We were going forward with that. She's now gone. We're in about a year past now. We don't know what we're doing, and here's where we have to call it. We have to stop right now, and that's the right move because you can't deliver a bad product. When we really look at the bigger picture of what I was touching on is this EA team has these rights for 10 years. We're about halfway through, and yeah. the only games that they have made, as everybody's <clears throat> reporting on, is Star Wars Battlefront and Star Wars Battlefront 2 which are great titles, but not great games in the whole Star Wars mythos that we're going to look back on. And so now, just like this, this is saying 
hey, we have five years left with these, you know, this trademark. We need to do something big. And this game got lost in the mix. This wasn't what we were going to do. We need to realign. We need to have something gigantic right now before this is all said and done. Respawn's game. Everybody loves Titanfall. I expect it to probably be a tight shooter. Yeah. I would be blown away if it was something other than a shooter. Yeah. I can expect more of a, you know, a clone saga where you're a stormtrooper, whoever, Han Solo, more of a shooter-based game. This game has to be a narrative-driven game. This has to be a big-time, full-fledged Star Wars story. And how are they going to make that right in the time that they have? And you can't keep going with the game that they have that was that was lost in the mix that wasn't right because you have such limited time. You have to stop now and to realign and get right back on it because you have such a small window now to produce, create, and put this game out to all of us. How long until you think we see the re the assets from this game go into something else? What would you give a time frame? I, I said on uh, from the gamers this week, which is the other podcast that I do, the other video game podcast that you guys should definitely go check out. Um, I said that probably a year or two. I think well they'll get a rush smaller title out for Star Wars now. I'm worried about it. Uh, you know, smaller title, maybe a year. I think we truly won't see anything big until two years. Okay. I believe that this E3 will see Respawn's game in full-fledged action. We'll probably get that by November. That means the next E3 after that, that's when we're going to get the title splash. That's when we get a small trailer and we move forward with that. So that's a big deal. And what is going to happen from Star Wars 1313 with the Boba Fett story? What's what is this going to be? You have to have something mega. And thankfully for them, they're hooked up with Star Wars. Star Wars is one of the biggest titles on the entire planet. How could you mess this up? What could you do? You have so many options. And I really hope they get it together and figure out what the gamers want. Because it's a big deal. Star Wars, once they leave after this 10 years, if you didn't do a good job and you didn't have a good track record, they're going to be going somewhere else with this intellectual property. And it's going to be a big deal. So yeah. I can't wait to see what they got. I hope it's something special. Fair enough, my friend. Fair enough. Uh, next one is a really interesting and weird one. Uh, CFE's upcoming uh, update requires full game to be uninstalled and reinstalled. Uh, Rare has announced that CFEs will be receiving a major update that will require players to download and reinstall a full version of the game, though the new version's file size will be significantly smaller. Uh, announced through the official CFE's website, the update will be coming to PC and Xbox One on February 6th. Executive producer Joe Nate explained that, lovely man, bought me drinks, explained that this new uh, version is necessary to keep the oversized, uh, oversize of the game from spiraling out of control with subsequent updates and will allow Rare to be able to generate and transfer new builds of the game more quickly in the future. For Xbox One and Xbox uh, One S users, sorry, Xbox One X and Xbox One S users and Xbox One, oh my god, I've messed this all up. For Xbox One and Xbox uh, One S users, the install for the game will be reduced to 35 gigabytes uh, to 10 gigabytes. And for Xbox One X users, it will go from 47 gigabytes to 25 gigabytes. For PC users, it will go from 47 gigabytes to 27 gigabytes. What do you make of that then, Mike? Uh, that's a big downsize, yeah. and that's a good thing. Like, when we talk about it, I try to get my friends to download the Halo Master Chief Collection. Yeah. Try to get them to download Halo 5. These are all now like 90 to 100 plus gigabyte games. And people are like, I'm not going to download that. 
And for Sea of Thieves, a game that's on Xbox Game Pass, you want to encourage people to go out there, download it, try it. You need to have these file sizers smaller so we can download it quick. We can get into the game as fast as possible because what they're saying is, is we have a plan here where we're going to continue to give you a whole lot of game content. We want to continue to grow this ever-evolving game, which it was sold to be, but we can't do that. We can't get new players to think about it or want to be enticed to download it if all of a sudden we're at 97 gigs and it's going to take you a day and a half to download. Yeah. It's just That's kind of the deterrent there. Uh, this has never been done before from what I'm hearing from a lot of people. This is very interesting to see. I have no issue with it because when you really look at it now, I'm like, okay, it's going to be 25 gigs. That will take me a half hour to an hour to download. Should be up and done pretty quick here. But at the same time, man, that's an odd move. But if it's going to only better the game, let's make it happen. Yeah, no, 100%. You're 100% right. Um, it is a very, very interesting one. Um, I hope that more devs do it if they can, if they can keep downsizing their games because it's wasted uh, usage there. I'd love to see more game devs go in there and do that. So Yeah, it's interesting. you got to have a game that's kind of fresh. I know Sea of Thieves is nearing its one-year marker, let's call it. But, like, you can't come out to me and be like, hey, Halo 5, we're going to downsize that. It's like, no, no, Halo 5 is way too old now. I'm not going to go downsize this now. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. these games have to be kind of relevant, have to be going onward. If this was State of Decay 2 and similar to Sea of Thieves where I'm not playing it that much, I might not even do this and just State of Decay is now over for me yeah. and just keep it moving. Yeah. I'll go, yeah. Uh, next one, Bungie director addresses the future of Destiny. Obviously, we spoke about this last week, but they've gone on for a little bit more information. Uh, Destiny's franchise uh, director, Luke Smith, has made it clear that Bungie's future lies with the sci-fi shooter. Following Bungie's split from its publisher, Smith has posted on the company's website thanking Activision and other development partners for their help on the series so far, before detailing the short and long-term plans for the series. In short, Bungie will continue to build, quote, sorry, continue to build the content we've promised for our annual pass, end quote. Smith acknowledged criticism of the latest uh, expansion, higher power requirements, going on to say, quote, we want to find the line between uh, new content that may, that many people, uh, sorry, many players can play and aspiring content for players to progress towards. We're exploring improving uh, improvements to catch up manica uh, mechanics for players in the upcoming seasons, end quote quote so it's good to know they're still focused on um destiny obviously after getting independent it's good that they are still going to um be building on their annual pass and it's good the catch-up mechanics the real one there for people that may be laps fans that may eventually jump in and there'll be a way for people to be like all right cool let's do it there you go so yeah everything's positive there um are you thinking about getting back in now or is that that game passed you now uh, no, Destiny 2 has passed me. There's no way I would jump back into it. I am excited. Of course, I will jump back into Destiny 3 and give that a try, give that a whirl. I have no problem with that. But uh, to me, this quote, of course, it had to be said. They had to come out and let everybody know, hey, 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 we're not going to leave Destiny. We're going to continue to grow this. And it, on the opposite side, it's like, no, duh. This is their cash cow. <laughs> You're not going to just leave Activision and then look at everybody and be like, you know what? We're creating a new game that we're going to have to sell to the yeah. mass audience and pray that they jump into just using the Bungie name. No, we're going to keep the Destiny name. We're going to continue to grow this title because that's what everybody wants. That's how we're going to make it independently 
or going on to a new company and making something different. If we're going to stay independent, they have to be doing Destiny 3, and we knew that was going to happen. It's their cash cow, so both sides of it, good. And then on the opposite side, we already knew this, my guy, but he has to say it. That's his job. <laughs> exactly. He has to say it. Exactly. Uh, moving on. Overkill's The Walking Dead delayed indefinitely on consoles removed from stores. Overkill's The Walking Dead has had a rough time of sale, uh, rough time as of late. The title has been in development for three years and finally launched to horrible reviews on uh, November 2018 on PC. Gamers and critics alike were disappointed with the gameplay as well as the story. The fact that uh, Starbury Studios was subject of various odd business transactions and investigations didn't help the matters. Um, this was a game I was I, I've seen it on PC. I was I was tempted. I was like, oh, I do like The Walking Dead. I love zombies, as you know. Um, I was like, maybe, maybe, maybe. I'll wait for it to come to console. That's where I'd rather play it anyway. And this is a little bit sad, but after hearing how bad it is as well, I'm like kind of happy that it's been cancelled. Um, and yeah, there's so much going on at Starbreeze right now that I think they're going to get either get bought out by someone so they can get their IPs or they're going to go bust. So we shall see. But they're in a lot of trouble, it seems like. Yeah, too bad to hear. I mean, we talked about this a couple weeks ago with the bad PC yeah. launch and what this was going to look like. And this one, to me, goes of two schools of thought. One is you can still make a bad game with a big-time IP attached yep. to it and still fail. This is one of those, you're seeing it right now, The Walking Dead was going to grab you, just like Fix said, ooh, Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. But the moment you know that this is a bad game, you're not going to be saved by the title anymore. It's no. now over, and you got to produce something good. And that's the day and age that we live in. Yeah, we expect the big-time titles to be attached to this, but we also expect a good game behind it. And if you can't put two and two together, you're going to fail. On the flip side, you know, I'm a little disappointed to hear that it, it didn't come to console because I think it was going to get casual players. Yeah. Not a huge no. groundswell, but I think it was going to sell off the title alone. And like Fix said, I looked over at it like I have done with so many other Walking Dead games. I think about back to the Norman Reedus the 361. one where him and his uh. brother were playing it together. And I guarantee everybody had it in their school thought, even though everybody knows it was a bad game and yeah. people skipped it. When that first got released or title released, you know what you did? I did. I was like, Walking yo. Dead, what? Yeah. You said what? And you were interested in it. So same thing came for Starbreeze. They probably would have got a small audience that didn't know it was bad, just selling it off the title. But the main main line is if you have the cool title, you still gotta have a good game behind it or you're gonna fail. Yep. One hundred percent, my dude. Next one, and our last story this week. Uh, new story mode details revealed for Mortal Kombat 11. Did you have a chance to check out the Mortal Kombat live stream at all? Oh my gosh, that was incredible. Yeah, so let's uh, quickly jump into this and we'll give some thoughts on Mortal Kombat 11 after. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11 reveal event that I had tickets to go to and I gave them away. Bad move from me. Bad move from me. Um... Reveals that I had no one to go with, and I knew Haley weren't going to be interested. I was like, Oh, I'll just watch the live stream at home, I don't need to be there. And then I saw it all, and I was like, I needed to be there. Why didn't I go, idiot? Uh, the reveal event uh, for the first details of the game story were given, and it was confirmed that it will follow the events that occurred in Mortal Kombat X. The new story mode is said to be a time-bending narrative that, as Boone says, will allow situations where older characters can meet their younger selves. This time, manipulation will occur because of 
The first female boss in Mortal Kombat history, as she keep she is the ti- uh, keeper of time. Let's talk about the game because I loved what I saw. The game looked epic, like seriously epic. I was watching. I was like, I was watching kind of more as a joke at first. But I was like, oh, I've got nothing to do right now. I don't really want to play Fortnite just yet. Let's watch this. I'm more content the Mickey out of it. And then I was watching. I was like, holy crap, this looks dope. This looks amazing. This looks oh my. I don't even play fighting games. And I was like, this might be one of the best looking games I've seen shown off. It looked that good. It looked amazing. The gameplay, the fatalities, the, the the actual fighting mechanics looked cool. The gear that they showed, the different alternative outfits, everything about it just looked slick, amazing. Very much inspired, it looks like, by Injustice. Um, but yeah, I'm not a fighting game guy at all, but this looks really, really good. Where did What did you think of it? I think the same thing, Fix. I think the fighting game you know, genre itself and everybody that makes these games has done such a great job since Mortal Kombat X and Justice 2 on making it look so mainstream that people like you and I, who are not good at fighter games, who probably wouldn't gravitate towards this, you see this and the first thing out of your mind is like, man, I kind of want to buy this now. It looks like it's got a fun story, something I can push through and get into. But they found a way to really sell those two titles. I still haven't seen anything from Soul Calibur, to you know tech in and beyond that says wow i gotta look at that game i'm sold on that game that's more of a true fighter right there there's no slick design no nothing crazy that sells it to me as opposed to this mortal kombat game and injustice where you look at and you're like man even as a fighting guy i would be interested in getting this one so of course i'm excited i'm gonna buy it i'm gonna smash x until i cry and give up but uh i can't wait for this one Another good addition. Uh, can't wait. Yeah, man. Looks amazing. Uh, there was one more story I forgot to mention. Uh, obviously, I forgot it because it's all about PUBG. Who really cares? Xbox update uh, patch notes are a thing, and they are here. On January 22nd, we will be updating the live servers to update 4. This update will include the new snow map, uh, snow-themed uh, map, Videnki, the Survivor Pass, uh, Vadeki, a new vehicle, and new weapons, along with many quality of life bug fixes. If you want the full patch notes, go check it out on the PUBG website. You're gonna jump back I'm in. I'm loving that. You're gonna jump back in. Oh yeah. I, oh yeah. We've been playing it once a week, and it's funny you oh, say okay. that because I forgot to mention last night I was playing, and then now have custom games in there. So of yeah. course you can either do a custom game, which is the battle or battle royale or team deathmatch so yeah. we jumped into a battle royale custom game which had eight man squads in it and oh, that okay. was so much fun to get a larger group because you always know whenever you're playing fortnite or PUBG, and maybe you're streaming it or you're just a casual guy with a bunch of friends you always have more than four friends yes that's the issue i run into is i'm playing halo 5 i got way too many friends i can't play ranked I'm playing PUBG. Everybody wants to get involved. It's like, gosh darn it, we can't play it anymore because I got five people or I got six people. Well, to be able to jump into a custom game and have up to 10-man squads, that was super cool. That was super fun. Everybody on the comms laughing, crying, doing all that. So I'm interested in that. And especially for me, somebody that's into the esports, commentating into esports, this is something that I know PC has. I'm hoping they continue to elevate that. Give me a spectating mode. I want to put on the first ever snow bike mic, 
PUBG Invitational yeah. where I can spectate. I can see the over-the-top map. I can shout cast while all of my friends play. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So it's cool stuff. You know I love PUBG 475 hours last year. I'm all about this. I'm not going to stop playing PUBG because it's like it's just that bad food for me that I know that I, I can't have. But when I jump into it, I'm like, oh, this is so, so good. And that's what PUBG is. Fair enough, my dude. <laughs> and they, they have to keep updating this on Xbox Game Pass. You know, this is a big title for them. They have to continue to push the envelope with this. And now it's on PlayStation. Their goal is to keep this relevant, especially with Fortnite and Call of Duty taking over the landscape. PUBG has to stay relevant. Or they're gonna go under. Yeah, That's will you, will you buy the, the will there. you buy their um, uh, survivor pass? Is that something you'll do? Do you think? Uh, I bought the first pass when they first came out, the Sandhook pass. Yeah. I've not gone back and bought any pass since then. I've also not bought the battle pass for Fortnite. Fortnite I yeah. haven't bought the Call of Duty any sort of expansion yeah. on that. As you see, there is the ticker there. Yeah, so yeah. I've done a good job of maybe getting away from those microtransactions because all in all, I don't need the extra cool gear i don't need the extra look anymore yeah you're, you're seeing a growing mic right now if you're catching the theme <laughs> right here because old mike a month ago would have been like take my 20 dollars, yeah. take my money for these clothes now it's like you know what i just jump into this and i go crazy on this game so i don't really need the gear anymore God, yeah. and I, I don't know it's an interesting one i'd love to see the true numbers i know the battle pass does well on Fortnite, yeah and that one has a lot of skins involved as opposed to PUBG, which is more of like Here's the tube top. Here's the cowboy hat. And it's yeah. like, yeah, that's that doesn't do it for me as much as the battle pass on Fortnite would with the cool Emotes hamster as a backpack, whatever like, yeah. it may be. You know? Shout out to my so boy Ginge. Yeah, like, how, do you sell, <laughs> how do you sell those to people? How do you elevate that package yeah. to get that extra microtransactions big? Yep, you're right. Okay. I, PUBG for me, it's just it's come and gone. I just don't. Especially with Anthem and Division and Resident Evil and Kingdom Hearts and Devil May Cry and everything that's coming out, I'm just like, oh, game's old. I'm done with that. I'm good. Like, if I'm going to play a Battle Royale right now, it's Fortnite. So, January Games with Gold. You've got Celeste from January 1st to January 31st. You've got WRC from January 16th to February 15th. And you have uh, Far Cry 2 from January 15th to January... 31st, I think. I've deleted the wrong one. Um, <laughs> fix the sack, mate. We've got one email. That's all we got this week. Go email, guys. My Xbox and me podcast at gmail.com, please. I'd really would appreciate it. Uh, this one says, Hiya, Fix and Snowbite Mike. And Amy, but she's not here. I'm a bit late on this, but here's my list of Xbox Brawler. Sorry. Here's my list of characters for the Xbox Brawler game discussed a few weeks back. In my mind, it's more like Mortal Kombat than Smash Bros. Katana from Halo. Master Chief from Halo. Joanna Dark from Perfect Dark. Yep. Joel Adams from Recoil? Who the fuck's that? Okay, I played... Recoil. I know who Recoil... Re I know I remember Recoil, yeah. But I don't remember any of the characters in it because it was trash. Oh, okay. Um... Wait, what's this? So wait, with a special move that makes the other players take about 40 minutes to load into the level. There you go. That's what I'm Got talking him. about. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Banjo-Kazooie, Alan Wake, Jake Jonas from Quantum Break, and Anya from Gears of War, Marcus Phoenix, Old Man from 4, Ori, Fizzy from Sunset Overdrive, Google it. I know who Fizzy is. He follows me on Twitter. Um, Creeper from Minecraft, and obviously a generic skinned, uh, of your own very own avatar. Yep. I think you. It. I think you get a pretty decent Game Pass game there. 
Like I said I mean, then, like I said then, I, I mean, we challenged the audience to come up with lists. One has come in. Uh, shout out to, uh, sorry, I didn't read the end, um, from Matt Smith, gamertag, L-Y-L uh, space S-M-I-Y, little Smee. Um, hopefully we'll be seeing him Saturday in the Halo game, uh, community game night. I still don't think this is a good enough list to warrant a game. We've got Halo, Halo, Gears, Gears, um... Quantum Break didn't sell well. You've got a recall character in there. People will laugh this game off the face of this earth. Like, no, no. You tried, and congrats, but I think that just shows how we definitely can't have a Smash Bros. type game. No way. I think you're close. The list has begun. Let's yeah. put it like that. You definitely have to elevate it with some larger characters, which I'm sure he's missed a couple that people might write in and add some more. You know, if this is a fun hypothetical, that's a good start off. Let's continue the list. Let's keep having fun. I would like to, you know, kind of set the parameters of is it a Smash Bros or is it a fighting game? It's Are Smash we trying Bros. to create the next no. Xbox, you know, you know, Mortal Kombat or does it have to be Smash Bros, Smash Bros. and PlayStation Battle Royale All-Stars? Uh, but you're there. You're getting closer. Will this game ever exist? Absolutely no. not. As Fix just said, no. these are not big enough names to get you into that. We saw even PlayStation Battle Royale All-Stars. It had a nice devoted fan base. I was a fan of it. But in reality, it just didn't It didn't scratch the nits. It wasn't big enough to suffice to make it a Smash Bros. type level. You might as well be playing Brawlhalla. You might as well be playing other games that are like that. I'm not even adding to it. Let's plug, 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 and get ourselves out of here, Mike. What are you going to plug this week? Uh, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Snowbike Mike. What do I got to plug this week? Well, let me let you know, okay? Episode two of the 2K Courtside Podcast will be coming out this week. Please go give that a listen. Of course, that is your weekly dose of all things NBA 2K League, NBA 2K Pro-Am Community Tournaments and Events. So I really love that. I can't wait to talk to you with more about that. And, of course, you can check me out every Sunday hosting the Snowbike Mike Sunday Tournament Series where I just let the community play a lot of games. I selfishly esports commentate it. We put up some fun prizes like gift cards. Shout out to Dan Oni. He's won before. Yes, he and has. you could be a winner, too, and have all of those sweet bragging rights. That's about it. This Friday, I will be hosting the WR Pro-Am League Ooh. PlayStation 4 Finals with a buddy of mine. So that's exciting to do a little NBA shoutcasting. And that's all I got. Easy week for me. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, the plug will plug for me this week. Forget uh, Patreon, obviously. Patreon.com slash MCFixer. That's the big one. That's what keeps us going. But really want people to go check out From the Gamers. Uh, From the Gamers is a brand new gaming podcast that I've launched. Um, we're in four episodes in. Um, it's very different to this podcast in the way of we talk about everything. Um, some industry stuff. And we always have a new community member. Well, not always a new, but always a fresh community member coming on each week um if you like this show you will like from the gamers definitely give it a go it's on all your podcast services it's on youtube so you can get the video there i would really like to see people we see the numbers each week for this show i get your xbox fans maybe you like nintendo switch as well maybe you like playstation as well go check out from the gamers i'd appreciate it mike thank you very much for being on and until next time i will love you leave you and see you all later goodbyes